Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We know what we think. What do you think? Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Let's get back to the calls. 877-337-6666. Going on 5 a.m. Till the warm-up show with Al and Jerry. Domingo Herman throws a perfect game. Yankees get back in the win column. They'll look to take another series win. It's remarkable to me. Oh, the Yankees got to get back on track. Maybe this will springboard them. What? All they do is win series. Come on. They'll look to win another series later on this afternoon after Herman's perfect game. A little history last night. Steve Cohen, of course, meeting the media. You just heard Marco talk about it. We've mentioned it. So if you wanted to call and talk about that, we could do that as well. The Mets lose. They look lifeless again. No surprise there. 877-337-6666. Mike is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Mike? Hey, Sal. How are you this morning? How are you, Mike? Great, great. Thanks for uh, taking my call. I appreciate it. It's uh, it's funny. They, they, this guy was just talking about uh, Detroit. My son and I, uh, well, my son graduated college <clears throat> last month, and him and I took a, a baseball road. He went to like five stadiums, and we went to Detroit. Detroit was absolutely one of the most, like, stunning cities that I've ever seen in the United States. Interesting that you say that. I've been to Detroit. I didn't get stunning from it, but I did think it was very cool. I love the history there. I love the blue collar. Uh, I just, I like, uh, but I like the, you know, the stadium, the, the ballpark, and then the, the Lions building right next door. I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah. We were staying in a hotel literally right across the street overlooking. It was fantastic. That's, really that's nice. cool. I go back. I, I like Detroit. I like to go check out a Pistons and a Red Wings game. At some point, being that I saw the Tigers and uh, the Lions play. But anyway. Oh, did you? Yeah, I wanted to go back and see the Lions. I would love to go. I'm sure it's going to be cold to tell in the, uh, the winter, but it was beautiful when we went. Really I nice. actually saw, I think I might have seen the Jets now that I think about it. I saw a preseason game. So I saw oh, okay. ba- yeah, baseball with the Tigers. Tigers played the Dodgers, and I walked over afterward after the Tigers game and went to see, uh, I think it, it might have been the Jets, but it was Lions in, in a preseason game. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, the reason why I called was um, I don't really I haven't called in a while. I used to like tweet you a bunch of the names, Mike Aaron. We used to tweet a bunch, but I don't know I haven't tweeted in a while. But uh, j- I just want to say, you know, thank you very much for your overnight. And you know, like as we get old, I'm 51. As we get old, we all go through stuff, and we're up late and thinking, thinking and stuff. Mm. But like the stuff that you do, as far as like entertainment and just being just being a good person and just some of the funny calls and stuff like that really you don't really know how it touches touches people and and you become like a almost like a big dysfunctional family it's funny i i actually text occasionally um or tweet Hector from washington heights mm. i uh, i became really good friends with fleegs through this 
And, uh, you know, I called him up once or twice with you on the phone. I said, I really appreciate Fleegs being a good guy. Now we go back and forth. I talk to him almost every weekend because I'm more available on the weekends. Right. I actually text. I actually texted him last week about Stewart because Stewart wasn't on for like a week. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, because I was worried. I know we had the heart problem and stuff. I'm like, you know, I hope he's okay. Fleeks, have you right. talked Hopefully he didn't have any bacon. We don't know what's going on with Stewart. <laughs> right. Bacon. And then, the, dude, this was the funniest part. So we, I was on a Saturday right after him. So he's going back and forth to Fleeks. I don't know if Fleeks told you this, but he goes, you know, I'm always used to him like talking to you about um, Megan Thee Stallion and mm-hmm. Rihanna and stuff like that. He tells us that when he comes home from the gym, he watches soap operas. <laughs> Um, so I called, when I called Fleeks, I'm like, was that just the regular uh, freaking steward telling us that he watches soap operas now? <laughs> so I was uh, I was cracking up. But I just want to thank you very much for everything that you did. And uh, you really do help people who are going through a lot in their lives. Well, thank you, Mike, for saying that. And it means a lot to me. And I appreciate it very much. And congratulations on your son graduating uh, as well. Look, I, I don't, I mean, I, I truly love hearing that. Okay, it makes me feel good. I don't know how to really grasp it because I don't – I always give advice to people, you know, younger people in the business. Oh, you know, what would you recommend? Whatever, when you're on the air. And the number one thing that I say is, well, just pretend like nobody's listening or pretend that nobody's watching. If you look into the camera and and think about all the people watching, I mean, I know me. I'd get probably too nervous and not be able to perform. After, especially early on, same thing with the radio. Like, I don't think about how many people are listening or who's listening. I'm just myself talking to you guys. And I think that's what makes it good is that people are listening and they're hearing just me be myself talking to you. But I've heard from now a lot of you that have, and I've heard from others too, calling Craig and saying goodbye to Craig and, and how he's impacted their life. You don't, I'm telling you, it, it you don't really realize it when you're doing it. But when I hear from you guys and, you know, you tell me how you feel or how, you know, listening to the show helps get your mind off of certain things. Like, I've been there. I mean, for me, it was therapeutic to come in after my father passed away and just kind of, it wasn't easy, but I knew I had a job to do and I knew that he'd want me to do that. And, you know, you guys, in a way, were there for me as well, just talking sports. That's why I said I told I said this yesterday. But I'll say it again for those of you who weren't listening or didn't go back on the free Odyssey app and check out the show. I did an interview with Peter Schwartz for Barrett Sports Media last week, and he said, "What's the thing you're going to miss most about the overnights?" Well, it's certainly not the hours, right? I mean, these are tough hours. You guys know we're, we're doing them together here. You know it's difficult. The thing that I'm going to miss is the callers because I know that this relationship that we have built up here, even in a short period where it's two and a half years or or however long exactly it's been, but roughly that amount of time, I know that that is not going to be the same on the new midday show with BT because it's just a different show. It's a different part of the day. It's a show with somebody else. It's different. There are fewer callers. It's harder to get through for some regular callers, so it's totally different. This overnight time slot is built on the relationship and rapport, at least in my mind, that the host has with the callers. But to hear you say that, you know, whatever it is that you're going through, whether you can't sleep, and I know my mother is somebody, and look, it's my mom, so, right, she's, of course, going to be a fan regardless, but, you know, since losing my father, it's been very difficult for her more than anybody, so she's up at all hours. And now she's like, oh, what am I going to do? And I'm thinking, Mom, you could go to sleep. What do you mean, what are you going to do? 
Stop listening to me at 3 in the morning. Hey, first of all, you can talk to me anytime you want. Second of all, go to sleep. But I'm like, I guess C-Mac's going to have to take you through the overnight. And it is weird to change. It's going to be weird for me, too. As much as I needed to get off the overnight because of the schedule and because of what it's done to me, you know, physical health, mental health, relationship, you know, with my wife, with my, my daughter, all that, work schedule, all that. As much as I needed to get off of it, and I'm looking forward to moving on and, you know, doing something that I've always wanted uh, to do is opportunity to get ratings and prove myself in that regard and all that. So I'm excited about that. I am going to miss you guys. And it makes me sad to think about people who say, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I can't listen anymore. Best of luck. Like that, you know, I want, I wish everybody could listen all the time, but I know that's not, that, that's not the reality. And I was never good with change in my life. But I'm trying to evolve and adapt and understand that sometimes it could be a good thing. And hopefully that's the case. But I do appreciate you. You know, like I say at the end of every show, I'm not saying that just for fluff. I genuinely, even the ones that I yell at, the calls that I yell at, a lot of it's for show. Can't be personal because I don't know anybody personally. Or I don't know a lot of the callers personally. Some I actually do know. But, you know, the caller before, the Cubs fan, you know, that's it's nothing personal. But I appreciate him taking the time to call or him listening or whoever's listening out there. Because without you listening and without certain people of that listening audience calling, there would be no show. Tom is calling from Netcong. I've never heard of that. What's up, Tom? How you doing, Sal? Uh, appreciate you taking my call. I uh, love the show. Um just want to say I'm a big fan. Uh, you do a great job on the overnights, and I can't wait to hear you on the middays. Thank you, Tom. Um, yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to touch on something you said at the beginning of the show mm-hmm. of how this might not be a big turning point for the Yanks with Herman's uh, perfect game. I didn't I just say wanted that. To say, I mean, you, you did say, I mean, in comparison to the Mets, you did say, you know, Mets fans might look on it that way, et cetera, et cetera. However, I just wanted to say, you know, this might be a big step for the Yanks, especially with Judge out, with with Herman getting booed mm. out of his last appearance. Yeah, I with mean, he did AL- it up, but I don't understand why Yankee fans – I've liked Herman as a pitcher here and believe that he could be, you know, maybe a difference maker for him where you don't look at him as being a top guy in that rotation, but – the majority of the time, I know he had the stupid suspension. He's got to be careful with that. But Herman has been, when he's on, he's, I mean, he's unhittable. Uh, last night, literally. I agree with you. And thank you for doing my, oh, no, taking I, my call. Stop. No, and I appreciate it, Tom. Thanks for making the call. I, I don't know what you thought that I said in the beginning as far as it not being a turning point for the Yankees. I believe that what you're talking about that I mentioned was that you know, the Yankees don't need this to be a turning point because... They're already winning. The Yankees are already winning. They're over 500. They're in the playoffs right now. They're winning series. I mean, they just beat the Mariners and beat the Rangers in back-to-back series. And now later on today, they're going to beat the A's in a series. You know, it's like, oh, turning point. To what? So will they have to win 10 in a row or, you know, 11 of 13 or whatever the stretch may be? I don't look at this one game the same way that I didn't, and I've been consistent with this with the Yankees. 
I knew early on in that series in May where they were, their season was on the brink. It was a season-defining series. I've been right about this twice so far. I said that the Yankees-Rays series at the Trop in early May was a season-defining series. And even though they lost two out of three, I saw more than enough from them to to where I said they're going to be fine. Because remember, at that time, they were in last place and double-digit games back. But I felt after that series that they're going to be okay. Season-defining series, to me, the definition was Yankees will be fine. With the Mets, the season-defining series to me was in Atlanta. They swept the Phillies. They got swept by the Blue Jays. They went to Atlanta, and they got swept. And that was that. Nail in the coffin. And they had leads in all three games. Nail in the coffin. Season-defining for sure. Season-ending. Anyway, I don't feel like the Yankees needed to turn things around. So, same way that I said after they lost four in a row, losing to the Mets and then getting swept by the Red Sox, Yankees will be fine. They'll go on a run. Then they won four of six at home. And then the same way I said it after losing to the A's last night, Yankees are going to be fine. Let's not overreact and go nuts that they're not getting any hits, that the lineup is weak. You know, they need John Carl Stanton to do his job. And he did last night for a change. Nice to see him awake. LeMayhew with a base hit and an RBI. You know, the Yankees getting the job done last night. Bader with a couple of hits. Volpe is continuing, you know, his better play as of late. Donaldson even contributing. I mean, it was a little bit of everybody last night. But anyway... The Yankees, they're going to be fine. It's a matter of when they could start getting all their reinforcements back and then loading up for October. See, that's where it's always mattered for the Yankees. You know they're going to be in October. It's just a matter of what they're going to look like come October. Judge, Rodon, whoever else. And then will they perform in big spots, in particular the offense? But the pitching, I think, is lined up better than it's been in recent years, which is another big reason why I thought the Yankees were going to get to a World Series. And now after this, I'm convinced they're going to win the World Series. Tyler is calling from Brooklyn. What's on your mind, Tyler? What's up? Hi, Tyler. Doing, good. How are you? I'm good. Um, yeah, big Mets fan here. Um, I was actually at the game then uh, two nights ago on Tuesday night. Okay. And I'm going again on Thursday. Hopefully, um, I just wanna, hopefully you bring them the same luck that you brought them on Tuesday because they could use it. Yeah. I mean, listen, last year I went too. They won 10 zip. It's just, um, my question is, though, um, with regards to what Steve Cohen said about being sellers at the trade deadline, I'm just wondering what you think because I feel like they could be buyers for like a good reliever because before the time that Diaz comes back or something. Well, they could be, but they have to prove themselves over the next few weeks. I mean, it's now or never for the Mets, and it's unfortunate that they couldn't back up the win on Tuesday with another win after Cohen spoke yesterday. But, they, they look, they didn't win a series in June. All of June, the entire month, they didn't win a series. The best they did was yeah. split a series. They, have not, they didn't win one series in June. It's hard to get back to 500 without winning series. It's hard to say you're going to invest in this team, and Steve Cohen said it. He, he thinks it would be dumb to go out there and add to this team if things continue the way that they have been going 
over the course of the next five weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, Tyler. They could use help, and thank you for the call. They could use help in the bullpen. The formula here for the Mets to save their season is simple. Win some series. I mean, you could even simplify it even more. Win more games than you lose over the next three, four weeks. Start to climb the ladder in the National League standings in the wild card. And then have Steve Cohen and Billy Appler make the decision to go buy some bullpen arms. However it is that you're going to do that. Take it on bad money, getting bullpen arms. Obviously, you're not going to give up prospects. That's a, a non-starter, and it would have been regardless. But if the Mets can go on a little bit of a run, now it's a big if. We have seen nothing to indicate that they would go on a run. But the reality is, even as bad as the Mets have been, we know how talent or how much talent the team has. We've seen glimpses of the Mets showing some signs before. And the reality is they are right now, even as awful as they've been all year long, they are eight and a half games back of the third wild card spot in the National League. Eight and a half games is not an insurmountable deficit. And then you say, okay, well, how about the teams in front of them? Well, look at the teams in front of them. Padres, they're no good. Pirates, they're no good. Cubs, they're no good. Brewers, eh. Phillies, eh. I mean, it starts to get more difficult as you climb up the rankings, but you know the Mets have three teams in front of them that are just as bad as they are. They just happen to be a little bit better right now record-wise. But they're just as bad. So if they climb up over those three teams over the next couple of weeks, it starts to become more realistic to where you could get yourself to within five games, let's say, of a wild-card spot. Then it becomes, you know, it's a possibility. And then maybe they add a bullpen, and then maybe from there they could start to make a little more headway. Chris is calling from Ohio. What's up, Chris? What's up, man? How are you? How are you, Chris? Not too bad. Listen, I'm uh, just like you know, I'm a, I'm a native New Yorker. I was born in Brooklyn, raised in Queens, Long Island. Uh, let me tell you, being a Mets fan is probably one of the hardest things I had to do <laughs> uh, leaving New York. Okay, and I've been all over the nation. This is how how my life has has turned out. Okay, um, bro, I don't know how you feel about what what uh, Cohen said. But I didn't. I didn't come out there. Um, I, he might as well not have talked. I didn't. I didn't hear anything that I wanted to hear. Okay, being. Uh, what would you want to hear? Start with that. Let me tell you. I wanted him. I wanted him pissed. I wanted him. I wanted him upset. Extremely upset. He didn't seem like a Mets fan to me. He didn't seem like you and I are right now. Extremely aggravated at what is going on in front of us. Let me ask you though, Chris. Do you think? Yeah, do you do you think he's happy? Do you think he's upset right now? Do you think he's? Oh. What do you think he's feeling right now with this team? Look, it ain't about what he's feeling. It's about what he's shown. Well, but and I'm not seeing any. But but, but you have to understand. He's not. He's not you. He's not me. He's not. Right. He may be a Mets fan, and, and by the way, he's an owner, so he wants them to win. Maybe more than we do, but he shows it in different ways. As an owner of the team, you can't be 
irrational exactly. and passionate. Right. right, exactly. You can't be right. like, right. that's for us, Chris. We're the fans. We're the ones who got to be irrational and, you know, say things that we don't really mean and, you know, be out of control at times. That's what I we mean, do. Did, 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 it, did you come out with, with him having a plan, though? Did it sound like a rational plan to you? It did. Like it, it, uh, it really did it to me. Well, well, in regards to what, this year or the future? The future. Well, see, I'm talking up to see. I guess at the moment right now, what is he doing to calm us down? We, like, as far as nothing concerned. They're not doing anything to calm us down right now. And do you know why? Because they can't. There's nothing. See, this is why Steve Cohen, and this is why I love him. He did everything in his power to build this team into a winning team. They have not performed. It is on the players. He said that. So what can he do right now? Unfortunately, Chris, he can't do anything right now. You can't buy more players. Nobody's trading anybody, and the Mets can't make that decision anyway at this point the way that they've gone. So what can he do? You want him to fire somebody because that'll show some anger. I'm not sure if I want him to fire somebody. Okay, That's well, not well, what I'm saying. Well, maybe not you. What I'm saying is the passion that I hear from him, it, it seems like he's just kind of like, well, you know, this is the way it's going to be. And it's like, this is... Dude, listen, I'm going to tell you, as a Mets fan, this is what really upsets okay? Growing up, growing up, I'm, I'm, I was two years old when last time they won the World Series. Mm. Two years old, bro. So we're right there on the same time. Right. What I've seen in our lives, bro, I've seen us spend a lot of money, okay, on over-the-hill players. Players that are too old, that were amazing, amazing. And look, I am the first person to be excited that we got them. But this is the same pattern. And it's supposed to be the new match. The new match. This is supposed to be who we are from now on. This is our league. And it, 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 I, I was just as excited as you. I was shouting, Mary Buckman, just the same way. <laughs> the yeah. same way, bro. I'm right here with you. I'm by myself in, in Ohio. There ain't no other Mets fans here. I'm the only one. All of a sudden, Reds fans are popping up. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but I'm on my own here by myself. And I'm letting them know the moves we're doing, the, the form we have, things that are happening. And then it's the same. The exact same. It's, and I'm not hearing him saying this, what you and I are feeling. Well, he said, you know? though, and Chris, I respect it, and I love your passion, and I appreciate you listening and, and taking the time to call. I get what you want. You have to understand that for him, it's not the best way to operate. It would make us feel better maybe to hear him with a different tone But the reality is you have to trust that he is just as angry and frustrated and upset as we are. He just shows it in different ways because he has to. He can't go out there and undress Billy Epler and Buck Showalter verbally. He can't pick on his players and say it's just unacceptable. And he has said it's bad and it can't happen. Or I think terrible, the word he he was using. Yeah, it's terrible. This is one of the most, if not the most disappointing season in the history of a franchise that is littered with disappointing seasons. However, you've got the right owner. It's different because there's a way out. Steve Cohen is building this thing the right way. So to answer your question, did I come away thinking that he has a plan? Yes, I did. The plan remains the same. Build this organization the right way 
from the bottom up. Invest in the minor leagues. Invest in player development. Invest in any way that you can to get an edge and to help your team perform at a high level. Now, while he's doing that, reconfiguring, restructuring the entire landscape of the organization from the ground up, while he's doing that, he's trying to build a winner as well at the major league level by spending money because that's the only thing they can do right now. And it didn't work this year. It worked last year to a certain extent. Hasn't worked this year. And we'll see where they're at in four or five weeks. And then he's going to reassess. And if they don't go on a run before then, he may sell off some pieces. And then it's going to be a very important offseason. And look, maybe the Mets can't get out of this rut in the next two years. Maybe they just have to continue to draft and develop and wait for that to play out. But I know this. Steve Cohen is going to do everything he possibly can to put a winning team on that field. Things may change where he's not going to spend as much based on what happened this year, proving that spending the most money doesn't mean having a good team. Maybe he gets a little scared off to a certain extent, but he will always be in on the best players. He will always be in on spending big if he believes it's going to make the team better. And I think that's all we could ask for. Let us yell and scream Let him be level-headed and disciplined and make smart decisions for the betterment of the organization. Add WFAN to your contacts to talk New York sports with us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Salakata back on the fan. Superbook Sports is changing the game. Help your bets stay hot this summer. At Superbook Sports, the most trusted name in sports gambling with the direct line of Las Vegas. And now, when you use the promo code JERSEYFAN, you score up to 250 bucks with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, Superbook will match your first bet up to $250 with promo code JERSEYFAN. Download the Superbook Sports app. In New Jersey, you can enter the promo code JERSEYFAN and you'll get $250 courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Huey is calling from St. Louis, Missouri. Huey, it's been a while. How are you? How are you, man? Good. Good to hear from you. Hey, congrats on the new gig. Thank you. You I'm not a big Tierney fan, but I'm going to listen in. Um... I think you guys are going to have some interesting conversations on that show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Brandon and I have had good conversations so far leading up to it. Look, who knows how it's going to work out? I have no idea. He has no idea. I know this. We're both New York, passionate New York sports fans. And, you know, the, the idea, you, you hope that even the, the people that like me and don't like him listen, the people that don't like me and like him listen for at least one of us. And you hope to make it entertaining radio, you know? Yeah, he's a bit of a homer when it comes to the Jets and the Yankees. That's my thing with him. There's always that homerism. So, uh, but I think you guys are gonna gonna be an interesting lesson. Well, <laughs> so thank look, you. Look, looking forward to it, man. So, hey, this this thing with the Mets. This this has been such a 
such a disaster. And, and you know, people are criticizing the Verlander signing. I, you can't, based on what Verlander did last year, you couldn't be critical, especially, you know, looking at it being a two-year deal. I mean, Scherzer's been a huge disappointment. I mean, ever since the the Padre, uh, the Brave series last year, at the end of the season, into the into the Padres, uh, into the playoffs. He's game. the reason. He's the reason yeah. why the team has failed miserably. And and again, I had Diaz not been injured, I think that might be a three or four game swing with the way the bullpens worked out so far. Uh, with Adovino having a pitch in the eighth, and I mean Robertson's done done. I'll give Robertson credit. I think he's done an okay job this year, but Adovino's been a been a huge disappointment. He stinks. Adovino yeah. stinks, and I don't want him anywhere around this team. He's always been bad since he's been in New York. Maybe he was good in Colorado. He's been awful since he's been here. He was with the Yankees, and he is with the Mets. Yet last year was the aberration, and I get why Billy Epler brought him back. He was supposed to be the fourth guy in the bullpen. Now right. he's the number two guy, and it can't be the number three at the very least. He, he well, can't. He can't be. That big zero on his back is apropos. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> you know. So, um, you know, and then you look at the lineup, and and I and I, you know, McNeil had a great year. You know, last and by year. the way, Domingo Herman zero on his back is apropos too, but for a different that, that, reason. They're, they're, yeah, the right reason, which us Met fans really don't appreciate right. that much. But uh, but then you look at McNeil. I mean, he's having a horrific year. Um, you know, and and that Lindor contract is not going to end up being being all that valuable at the end here. I think he's, yeah. I, I think had they waited another, you know, six eight months, they probably could have saved about uh, at least a hundred million on that. Contract. All right, but forget the years. forget yeah. the money, Huey. Lindor's a stud. I, I know he's been. There's a little bit up and down. Francisco Lindor's a terrific player. He plays excellent defense. Yeah. He plays every single day. He drives in runs. He hits with power. So the average has been bad, and that's got to get fixed. But Lindor is Lindor is a star player, and, and I, he's it, inconsistent. It, though that's the one thing I would say he is inconsistent. Well, he had, the numbers, yeah, the numbers more. are there. I'll give you the numbers. The power numbers are certainly there, and his defense is 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 stellar. I'll I think he too. gets he gets almost unfair treatment because we hold him to the highest of expectations because of the salary. And look, maybe the salary, the contract wasn't. The best that the Mets could do, but Lindor, I take him uh, over any shortstop, uh, or at least yeah. on par with any shortstop in the game. I love the fact that he plays every day. I love the fact that he plays great defense. He hits homers and drives in runs. So he's got to be more consistent with the average. Sure, he had a rough first year here, but since then he's been a he's been a top notch player, not a superstar level, but he's been a star player. So are you down on Buck now? Because I know you were with the Murray Buckner stuff, and again, I think Buck no, I'm not pushed, down on Buck. I, I, I he pushed all the right buttons last year. The thing I, I have a hard time with is why Vogelback is is playing so much, and I know that's probably partly coming from upstairs. I know Buck's not writing nah, lineups at all on his I, own. I can't but, imagine. And now, by the way, Vogelback has been better as of late, and it really is insignificant in the grand scheme of things. Here's what I'd say about Buck. I am not down on Buck. I still trust him more than anybody else in that organization when it comes to knowing baseball and running a baseball team. That's number one. Number two, he's had a bad year. I mean, there's no way to absolve Buck from all the blame. It's been Epler, it's been Buck, and it's certainly been the players. Now, you know, I would not, I don't know what the exact deal is with the lineup, but I know that Buck Showalter knows that Daniel Vogelback is not a good baseball player. Unfortunately, he may be one of the better options in that spot. He's doing what he can with what Billy Epler's given him. So, uh, I don't know. I, it's it, This is way beyond the manager, as you know, Huey. 
It is, and, and Epler's done a horrific job constructing his roster. Let's be honest. I mean, it's there's a lot of holes there. I mean, Fam ended up being a good pickup. Fam has been one of their better players over the last couple of months. It's just, it's just a roster that just doesn't seem to fit well together. I, I don't think. I think there's talent, but they don't have that one stud. And I love Alonzo, but they don't have that one stud that 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 you can count on to come through in the clutch all the time. And other teams have those guys. And I watch. Look, I look at the Cardinals here. And I hate to say with Arenado and Goldschmidt, you got two guys that come through on a pretty regular basis. Not two superstar players. Then the right. Mets version of that is Lindor and Alonzo, and they don't match right. up. They don't match up. And and again, the Cardinals suck ass this year. <laughs> they're, they're horrific. Can, can you even say that, Huey? My goodness. And thank you for the call. Did you dump that? Can we dump that? Or should we dump that? What do you think, Fleegs? I mean, we let it go now, but I didn't say it. Huey said it. Yeah, I don't know if that's um, not allowed. I know each individual word. I know Jerry almost said it on the warm-up show the other day because he almost Eddie said that exactly. Say it, Eddie. What? Eddie wrote it for him to say. It. Ah, and he almost said that, huh? So we let it go. Did we dump it or no? We did not. Okay. All right, well, that one's on you. <laughs> uh, I mean, the Cardinals are not very good this year. Would have been the way that I would have put it. But uh, but they beat the they did end up beating the Mets and we'll get a look at the Cardinals uh, this weekend with the Yankees taking uh, taking their talents to St Louis after wrapping up the series with the A's later on today. But anyway, you know I, I mean you can look and I th- think that is an area to look at with the Mets. You could look at Alonzo and Lindor and say, okay, well our stars, if you're the Mets or their stars, their stars are not as good as other stars. I love Lindor, and I do love Alonzo, but they're not, neither of them is performed like a superstar, and other teams have some superstars. Now, they're they're good, they should be all-stars, but not superstar level. Michael is calling from Staten Island. What's up, Michael? Yeah, how you doing, Sam? Thanks for taking the call. Okay, I want to talk about Domingo and his, uh, his, his, his perfect game there, and what preceded it, and how it affected him. Okay. It was it was mentioned at during the interview. Okay, for the for the for the other network there that Howard's uncle had passed away. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, none of us knew that, and, and it probably weighed on his mind something fierce. I mean, really, the ten ten runs, you know, totally out of character. Him giving up all those runs, you know, we didn't know it as fans. We booed, I booed him, and I feel horribly bad for it. Mm. I mean, when I when I when I heard that, he's seen the empathy in his translated face, and I'm getting misty again now. I I mean, literally, I broke down, dude. Yeah, I I can understand that. I mean, it was because because if anybody, I mean, I'm assuming Michael, at some point you've lost a loved one in your life. Yes, right. yes. So you can yes. relate, right? Any of us who have gone through that, and that's probably yes. the majority of us. You, you understand? Once you hear that, it's like, oh, you, you feel mm-hmm. bad being a fan. But in a family, you know, we don't know that. So there's other things going on. But it was nice to see him have that great moment and honor his late uncle. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and, and 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 once you know, once he said that, looked up to the sky. I mean, geez, I just lost it. Yeah. So, 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 what I'm asking the Yankee fans is, next time he's pitching the Yankee fans, uh, Yankee Stadium, everybody just a uh, collective. I'm sorry. <laughs> even he, he, even though we didn't know, you know, we're thinking about the game. We want to win. All of us wants to win. Okay, he gave all those. It was definitely weighing on his mind. You know, we had put- we had that same thing. I don't know if you remember this because you're a Yankee fan. Maybe you don't know the story, but Darren Ruff, we kind of had that same thing 
with the Mets mm. fans booing Darren Roth relentlessly last year and, you know, him not getting the job done and calling and criticizing. And meanwhile, oh, nobody, really? oh, wow. nobody knew that he was going through, I believe, the, the loss of his father. He had just lost his mm-hmm. father. And, mm-hmm. and it, geez, it makes you feel bad when you hear that. It, it just goes to show you that you players can't take what we do personally. We're sports yeah. fans. We're irrational. We don't know them personally. We're just going based on their performance. And once we hear something like Herman's uncle passing away or Darren Ruff, you know, coming off the loss of his father, like we are people and we do feel bad about it. You just separate the two. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I agree with you 1,000 yeah, percent, man. And by the way, Michael, you know what's going to happen when Herman takes them out of Yankee Stadium next time, right? Standing ovation. Oh, my God. Yeah, are you kidding me? There's going to be a roar like we haven't heard since the last time we won the World Series. Through the roof. I don't know if it's going to be that big, but it's going to end. Thank you for the call, Michael. I don't know if it's going to be that big, but it's going to be significant. I'm getting caught up here. I got to get distracted by this commercial that I'm watching with Kate Walsh for some kind of cream. She's in like a... uh, yeah, uh, like it looks like a a nighty and applying cream here. Uh, what's what's happening here? Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the twelve precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Speak your mind at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Please, and I was just talking about this. It is remarkable with the Mets. You know, they, and this is why it goes back to years. And this is even beyond just the recent memory. But you had Sandy Alderson, when he was running things, draft Jared Kelnick. Then Brody Van Wagenen took over. And he trades Kelnick. And Van Wagenen drafts Pete Crow Armstrong. Alderson comes back. He trades Pete Crow Armstrong. The, 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 and then they cancel each other out. These guys are trading the... Alderson maybe his best draft pick, and I know Brandon Nimmo and all that stuff, but Kelnick's got the potential to be even better. And Van Wagenen trades his top guy, and then Alderson comes back and trades Van Wagenen's top guy. And the Mets here left standing with nothing. Anyway, we were just talking about the possibility of, you know, breaking the team down and trading guys at the at the deadline. And Robertson would certainly be a guy that can potentially bring back um, a big arm that the Mets would need. The Mets need pitching prospects. So however they got to get that over the course of the next five weeks, 
That's what they're going to have to do, assuming that they don't go on a run. Antonio's calling from Manhattan. What's up, Antonio? Hey, how are you doing? How's everything going, man? Good, Antonio. How are you? Good, good, man. Looking forward to your last day tomorrow. So, Wh- uh... Why? You want me out of here? <laughs> That's not very no, nice, man, Antonio. Like, I'm happy for you, man. No, you thank finally, you. Yeah, you, uh, you, you, you might. The thing, man, you're gonna make the big bucks finally. After well, all this no, time, I don't but... know about that. I mean, I'm gonna be in a nice yeah. day part, but uh, forget about the money aspect of it. No, no, but that's great, man. Yo, I was going to tell you real quick before I get to my point with McNeil and everything else. Uh, you know that it, I was um, talking to someone. They were telling me that, you know, then the minor leagues, that the way that they play now as far as, like, series, you know that they basically play, they go out, they are, they're off on Mondays, and AAA, at least AAA, that's what I heard. They're off on Monday. You know what? They play six days, and they play, they play basically with the same team for those six days. So okay. that's what they do. See, so that makes sense now to me in terms of why hitters are doing better. Because the thing is, if you're seeing, let's say, if you're seeing, for example, a pitcher uh, the third time, let's say on Saturday, when you saw him on Tuesday or Wednesday, then you have a better sense of what he's going to throw. Hmm. So it's, it, it makes sense to me why now, you know, a lot of hitters are doing well, in, you know, in the minors. Yeah, I could see that being the case. Well, I guess it might work the other way, too. Right, wouldn't you think familiarity from the pitchers or the pitching staff toward a lineup? And you could say, well, we already we've seen these guys three straight days, four straight days. You know, by the fifth or sixth game, and maybe you have uh, some of the you know batters' numbers. No, yeah, that makes yeah, exactly. But I, I but I think it helps hitters more because when you see a pitcher, as you mm. know, you but you're not baseball, seeing the, you see a pitcher, but you're not seeing you know, the same you, guy. I mean, the relievers, sure, and maybe the starter you see. You know, I guess twice over the uh, uh, the course of that. You see one starter twice. Yeah, I don't know. Bottom line is, though, Antonio, it's just a different animal. I mean, AAA to the big leagues, everybody says the biggest jump in professional sports. And what these numbers, what guys do, look at Beatty, look at Alvarez, uh, to, look at Volpe in spring training. And they come to the big leagues when it counts, and it's nowhere near what they were doing in the minors. As I look at Vientos, he went back Vientos, and yeah. up again. It's doing well. But uh, my main point, so basically, you know, so I was thinking, right, as far as, like, Cohen was, spoke today and everything. And like you said, he didn't really say much. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, you have to – I think the the starting pitching, I think, is coming around. Once you get uh, basically um, a, a Quintana back, I think – think it's going to be you know it's going to stabilize the, the the starting rotation but i think you know that i think two things and the mets need to do if if that a big if if they're going to go on the run yeah uh, first of all mcneil look like you need to bring up mauricio mauricio and put him basically maybe dh have him bat knife maybe he'll at some point get out of of this that he's in but the thing is like you said look if he's not hitting 320 330 what's the point now, what uh, is he doing right that? if he's not hitting yeah, for exactly. a high average what's he what's and, he and then the, but to me the most important thing that you get you have to get rid of these two guys and i think because this is like this is the achilles heel of the mets this year is basically the relievers and i think you, you need to get rid of smith and Adobino, you need to like get rid of those. They cannot be agreed. On the team. I've been you saying have that. to get uh, rid of them uh, today. Agreed, Antonio. I've been saying the same thing for weeks. And thank you for the call. I've been saying the same thing for weeks. I never want to see Drew Smith or Adam Adovino again, unless it's in an oppo- uh, opponent's uniform. 
Maybe then the Mets offense could get going, facing their own guys. Drew Smith is terrible. Adovino, same thing. They drive me nuts. It's so predictable. What do you think is going to happen? Huh? They're going to blow the game, right? You guessed right. Marco, did you just see that commercial for a movie uh, called About My Father? Were you watching that or were you zoning out as you were No, no, no. I saw uh, Robert De Niro and... Uh, Sebastian Manicow. Oh, you Fleek saw it already? How was it, Fleeks? It looks it was, good. Uh, that came out, I thought it came out a while ago. Yeah, I saw that a couple... Did it? It had to, because I saw it like two, three weeks ago. Yeah, no, I think it was saying that it was coming to whatever right. streaming service. Which I was surprised to see, because I feel like it just came out. Man, am I that, that behind? This no, that out. happens now. They come to on-demand like, streaming within like two months. Okay. I'm trying to think of the last movie that I saw. Um, what the hell? Creed? Oh, uh, in the theater, I think it was Nike... Um, Air. Was, yeah, Air. Air was the last movie I saw on Prime before my son was born, because now I kissed the TV goodbye the second he was born. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, that's fantastic. Did you see Air yet, Fleegs, or no? Yeah, I saw it right after you did. We we talked about that oh, months yeah, okay. ago. Oh, all right. No, I'm forgetting stuff in my old age here. <laughs> you would recommend it. You said it was good. It came out on Prime. Yeah. Literally, I, I want to say like two days before my son was born. I, I saw it that weekend, and then he was born uh, on a Wednesday. So, yeah. That's the last movie I saw. And this movie interests you or no? The Sebastian. Yeah. 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 I uh, want to see I it. I look forward to seeing it in about two years. Yeah. But it's exactly. good. It's, I mean, it's not like a groundbreaking comedy, but it's good and it's quick. It's like an hour and a half, the perfect length for a comedy. You'll sit there, you'll laugh, and then you'll move on. All right. Perfect. That's exactly what I want. Maybe this weekend I'll put that on the list. You know, rent a little uh, comedy movie. My wife what? is not into the comedies. I need a good laugh here. I could use a comedy. She doesn't like comedies? Um, it's not her preference. She likes the, um... She's a drama? She, she, well, not even just that. She likes the, the thriller type stuff or the mystery type stuff. And the true crime stories, she gets into all that or movies based on that. The, the thriller, I would say psychological thriller is more her thing. Okay. Which, by the way, she's put me onto because I was no, never into that before. Yeah, no, it's it good is stuff. good stuff. Yeah. As long, as long as it's good, anything, as long as it's good, I mean. But then after you watch a movie like that, it's hard to go to, you know, Sebastian Maniscalco, whatever the hell his name is. How do you say his name? I don't, Maniscalco. 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 You go to Sebastian, you watch him, like, it's hard to go from the, the thriller and, really? you know, the mind-bending stuff. On, and Get some eclectic. Yeah. Get some different tastes. All Come on I now. I mean, look, all I used to watch is, uh, you know, The Sandman or Chris Farley or Austin Powers. That's all I used to watch is comedies. Have you tried to get your wife into those movies, the classics? Uh, no, I have not. Because I'll bring it up and she just, you know, doesn't really have any interest. But, man, I would love to watch. She would laugh. How could you not? Well, and here's well, what you have to do. This will be big. You're still a couple years away. You get your daughter into that. 100%. You know, right. If she's sitting there laughing at Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore, mm -hmm. two out of votes, one. No, yeah. I, I'm with you on that one, Fleegs, and that's a smart way to go about it. But I will say this, and the very little experience that I have, the more you build it up, the more you talk about it, the more, the, the more it's not. she's not going to want to watch it. Yeah. And if she does, it's not going to live up to the hype that you have for her, and she's not going to want to sit there with you. I so feel maybe like you don't build it up. You just like sit down one day, you throw it on the TV while she's in the room, and she's ah, watching this and yeah. you know, kind of comes she's to daddy it on laughing. Her own. Yeah, I know. By that time, it's going to be, you know, the movie will be 40 years old, for goodness sake. Well, that's the other thing, too. As much as we love some of these movies, do they really stand the test of time? Well, it's hard to know that because you saw them at the, in the moment. You watch them 20 years later. Do they really hold up? The one I remember kind of having forced on me was Animal House by Bob Usler mm -hmm. and Rich Ackerman. Right. Oh, you got to see Animal House. You got to see Animal House. And then I finally watched it, and I was like, okay.
I now it took me thing. it took me like three four times to be like to really start to appreciate it. But I guess because they were forcing it on me, and then I was thinking like this is nothing compared to old school. And remember this because is because it going, was built off of it. That's why. Yeah, we never. Yeah, 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 right. You're going right. back years, and I love Animal House now. Well, I haven't watched it in years, but yeah, that's the other thing. Would you rather watch? A new movie or old ones that you love and that like think of how many years have gone by since you've watched some of your favorite all-time movies mm-hmm. right would you rather go back and re-watch some of the old classics or take the time whether it's one or two movies a night to go back in and watch a new movie for me i, I if i have the night like kind of planned out to be able to sit down and watch a movie i want to see something new the ones where I watch older movies is when you happen to be in front of the TV and, on. and it's on and you just stumble upon it. Yeah. That it's almost like it's, you know, it's like finding gold as you just, you know, sit on the couch and uh, flip hey, through look, the... look, you yeah. know, Godfather's you, on or whatever. Yeah, and you wind up watching whatever it is, 20 minutes, half hour, the whole thing, depending on whatever right. it is. That's gold. When you're not in the frame of mind, you didn't carve out time. But like if you've carved out, whether it's a Friday, a Saturday, whatever the hell it is, I'm going to watch a movie. Like for me... Then I'm not going to go back and watch Goodfellas as much as I love it. I want to see something new, whatever the hell it is, yeah. something new that I've never seen before. Because now I've this two hour sh- block of my life. It's I've made. I'm going to watch a movie. I get it. I it's need to see so something risky new. though. Yeah, because you don't know what you're getting. I'm okay with the risk. Well, it's like ordering something new at a restaurant. Like, are you going to go with the chicken parm or are you going to go with something? You know, but that's I mean, kind of the, try the tilapia. That's kind of the point, though. Like, if you've already, I've, I'm already going out. I put on my nice T-shirt, whatever. You're and you come the to fish. the restaurant. You're I'm gonna, gonna try the special. I'm gonna do whatever. I'm gonna try and see what I'm gonna. I'm gonna see what they make. See what's see, going on. I go on. the other way because, like, going, I had to do. I already had to go to all that effort. Let me at least get one old reliable thing that I know I'm gonna enjoy here. Take the light. If I have the two-hour window, if I'm sitting there and you know an hour into this movie, it stinks. Well, then I can't watch the movie I want to watch. There's not enough time. And I could have just spent those two hours watching a movie that I know I'm going to enjoy the entire you, time you, through. You taking the points or you going for it on fourth down? Yeah, again, I'm going to take the experience. If I got the time carved out, I'm going to leave the old reliable for when I go raid the fridge at 3 o'clock in the morning. And I'll take whatever I can get. And all of a sudden, you know, oh, man, we got Ritz in the house? Great. Like, <laughs> you know, like because you just stumble upon it. And it winds up being really I think good. the move for me is because my wife just does not believe, I guess, in going back and watching the old stuff again because she doesn't want to waste the time to your point, Marco. So the move for me is to, to go with the new stuff while my wife is awake. And then when she falls asleep, then I go to the old reliable. Right. I, I think that's a, a smart play. Now, I mean, come so up with many, a system like, but you know, it's not wasting for her, time. one for you. Right. There's, there, no, it's not wasting. There's so many. There's not enough time. That's the bottom line. Right. And there's so many great movies. And as we get older, the more great movies there are, right? Like I get it. But see, to me, that's why, like, if you're just stumbling upon it, you don't have to mentally be locked in. I, I could recite half of Goodfellas mm. in my sleep. Right. I'm watching it with half an eye open. You see five I'm, minutes of it, you've already seen the whole thing. And you, I'm going to watch the yeah. rest of it, but I don't have to be completely locked in. If I'm watching a movie for a, for the first time, I don't have my phone anywhere near me. I'm not talking to anybody. We're not, not discussing this. There's not anything else going on. There's you, there's the TV, there's the movie. That's it. That's how I have to right. watch a movie for the first time. You know, that's what I enjoyed about the pandemic, and obviously not that that was a, a good thing because it wasn't, but... We get to go back and watch, like, I watched all old movies. I watched Major League, Major League Two. I started going back and watching other stuff that I, you know, I, I, wanna, I wanted to dive into some old school stuff. Even now I want to watch Lost again. I want to watch Sopranos again. But it's yeah, impossible no, to do it all. Well, here's one all thing. All the new that you, things that are out. Now, 
because you're Mr. Big Time. Mm. You're going to have plenty of time in the wee hours, probably, say like 3.08 in the morning. They're probably on the train. And now you can watch movies at 3 o'clock in the morning because you don't have to be behind now, the mic. What do you mean? I have to sleep and get up and... Uh, How much know? sleep do you really need? You've already gone without hours, sleep. six hours, right? What You've gone you without sleep. What do you think, Fleek? Six hours a night? Six hours is my magic number for sleep. So, that would be yeah. nice if I get six solid because then I could try to utilize, you're right, the free time elsewhere. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with all this free time. Or well, newfound And just time. think about how much free time you're going to have the rest of the summer at night when you're not watching the Mets for two and a half to three hours well, a night. Right. That, that's one movie every single day. The Mets have now have now freed up some time as well because they have become irrelevant, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Don't need to watch them anymore. They're meaningless. Can I also throw this out there to everybody listening because it's radio? As he said, he had more time and he can get more sleep. Sal's giving me that look. <laughs> Well, I'm going to have more time. Well, I'm not going to be that. up in the middle of the night. I'm going to sleep, too. Well, huh? Look at that. How about that? Oh, about all that? the problems. The commute is going to be a nightmare oh, at yeah. that hour. Rough. It's rough. But Listen, that is literally rough. the only saving grace about working this shift. So, oh, no. We're, it's we're not, not going to feel sorry for you. No, I know. I'm just I'm just trying to make you guys yeah, feel a little bit better. Rough. Boof. No, Traffic, it is. Man. You know, it is Traffic brutal. sucks. You know, people, you forget. You, I've been doing the off hours my entire career. Like, I, don't, I haven't worked... In rush hour time, especially when, since we've moved into the city, maybe I, I did a couple of shifts at rush hour. But even when I was on Mike and the Dog behind the scenes, it was in Astoria and it was off hours. Like, I don't think I had to be until 11 or 12 or whatever. Yeah, again, you're talking to the guy. I'm duct tape. I've done every yeah. shift. To, I've been in every rush hour. Because I get bounced all over the place. Getting to the city for a 10 a.m. show that is not going to be easy. Like you're, I mean, you're to... now working the only shift in radio that is similar to the hours most normal people work. Right, like an well, eight or nine to five. Well, on the way in, on the way in, because you're going to beat the traffic on the way out. Well, no, not me, because I have to work SNY as well. Right, Sal's still not right, leaving still the city until six thirty-seven. Uh, well, yeah, I leave at six thirty. So right, I mean, so but that's still kind of nah. You're after nah, it. Yeah. a little bit afterward. But I'm not leaving it too. Well, no, I mean that would be. If there ever is a day though where you have off from baseball night in New York and you're leaving it too, you're really gonna love it. And it's it's beautiful. When I used to work the midday with Joe and Evan, leaving the city at two fifteen, it's incredible. Yeah, (laughs) that's what my wife was thinking. Oh, you got this new job, great. What time do you get off? Well, two o'clock. Oh my God, you're gonna be home by three. Well, not exactly. Still have the SNY show. You remember that? What? What do you mean? Yes. Uh, There's your window, by the way. Between two Two and four. Or whatever you guys have to really get into prepping for Baseball Night in New York. That's where you watch a couple TV episodes, a movie here and there every day. There you go. Although, uh, can we throw in a dent? Don't watch new movies on your phone. All right. No, I don't because, watch anything on my phone. Well, I was going to say, because, I mean, in that two-hour window, I, if you find a TV, I don't care how big it is, uh, maybe I'm this is the old man and computer the curmudgeon in me. Computer big enough. The, the computer iPad. is fine. The iPad is fine. Don't, 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 uh, people watch your movies on their phone. I, it yeah. makes me want to bang my head maybe, against the wall. What the hell are you looking at? Maybe a TV show in, uh, at a necessity. Maybe. Ugh. You know, like the iPad's not working or whatever. It's at, uh, you know, maybe at a necessity. You watch something on your phone. Yeah, it's not. Come easy. on. No, I know. But on the train, you know, as so you have to figure out, download some stuff. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's what you're going to work middays. Go buy yourself an iPad. Yeah, I'll figure it out. I, I guess. That's true. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now you're going to be rolling in money. You got time. You got sleep. You got a lot of things coming your way. What was this uh, segment sponsored by here, Marco? Uh, Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. You know, did I ever tell you how much I love Superbook Sports? It's the best. It really is. It absolutely is the best. I love Superbook. Place mm-hmm. the wagers on there all the time. Same game parlay. All that stuff. It's fantastic. And we appreciate them sponsoring uh, this segment, as a matter of fact. To help you sleep, too. Yeah, it does, actually. 
Uh, looking forward to getting some nice sleep. 877-337-6666. Look at this. The hours are just dwindling away here. About uh, well, fewer than, less than two hours to go here. And then we got a five. Well, full five hours tomorrow in the finale. Will you be here, Marco? You and Fleegs? Uh, I, I will be here. Yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking, Fleegs, we got to talk about that. We got to figure out what we're doing for tomorrow. And this might be one of the, what do you mean? Figure out what you're doing for tomorrow. We got to see what we're going to do. What do you mean? I don't know. Maybe nothing. Sal's the one leaving. What's he doing for us? It's on my my to-do list. I don't know if I'm going to have enough time. (laughs) Just like Marco's baby gets it still. What time? I got to figure out between now and then. Be lucky if I get a couple hours of sleep between now and then. Uh, Exactly. Me too. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.